Hello and welcome to Life on Point. My name is Darren. I'm one of the pastors at Connection Point Church in Jackson, Missouri. And with me, as always, is lead pastor Chris Fault. Hey, do us a humongous favor. If you could, if you would, wherever you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, go to your provider and give us a five-star rating or, or drop a comment or ask a question or share it or do whatever you can to interact with us so we can keep this content coming. And so the algorithm, you know, that mysterious algorithm will love us more if you do that. So, man, we appreciate you guys. And we want to jump in today into a fairly common topic, but hey, people don't know a lot about it. And that is prayer. Absolutely. Prayer is important. You know, show. you know, for us right now with where we're at as a yeah. church, um, it seems like prayer is the number one topic I personally get brought up to me by by some of the folks attending now. You know, we have a lot of new believers. Yep. We have a lot of folks who are new to Christianity, didn't grow up in the church world or um and it's just I hear a lot from these folks coming in. Mm. And when I'm checking on them or when we're in a conversation, I'll be like, okay, so how's things going for you? And over and over again, the one topic they bring up is, I'm not sure I'm doing this prayer thing right. <laughs> and uh, uh, I get tickled with it because, uh, you know, it's like it's like it's a, it's a ceremony, a form, a thing. You know, I don't know if I'm doing this prayer thing right. Yep. And I'm like, dude. It's not a prayer thing, right? It's a conversation, oh, and God is. wants to have it with you. And so, I, you know, this is a great topic because, you know, there's there's all kinds of us come from different backgrounds, maybe a religious background, non-religious background. And uh, understanding prayer, I think, is huge. Uh, man, this is an opportunity for us to actually commune with the mm -hmm. God of the universe, and uh, how powerful prayer is if we understand it and just, you know, so I think this is a great topic. Yeah, I know whenever um, I've talked about it before, I think one of the reasons people have a difficulties with prayer is because they have difficulties with intimacy and relationships and because no relationship is is uh, is capable of, of having any any existence, any substance to it. If there's no communication right. without communication, there's no intimacy. So they all kind of go together. I think people struggle in the real world with those subject matters. And so to do it with something you're tangibly don't necessarily see. Yes. It's almost a mystery. Yeah. Not only do we see it in society, you know, that there's not a lot of intimacy because there's, you know, in not a lot of conversations happening. <clears throat> you also see um, a lot of shallow conversations that do happen the ones that are actually talking they're not always talking very deep and so again like with the intimacy you're talking about the, even the ones who are trying a little bit if they stay surface level the intimacy doesn't get very deep yeah there's no relationship that can survive without communication right and the same thing is is, is true with god if we're not talking to god he's probably not talking back yeah and you know what what it seems like to me with you know observing folks in in church and those seeking the lord and i don't know if it's a cultural thing or what but it just seems like a lot of folks expect god to speak to us yep. and we don't understand that there is no conversation if it's one-sided right. it's like okay i'm reading the bible god's speaking to me i'm listening to a sermon a podcast god is speaking to me but prayer is not one side teaching the other side 
Prayer is a conversation. It is intimacy. It is powerful. And it takes two to communicate. Yep. If, um, if you had to, well, we're going to go, we're going to get into the formalities. Um, I know the Bible has, there are literally dozens and dozens of, of, uh, of biblical accounts of talking about prayer and the importance of it, but we're trying to keep it on a uh, kind of a conversational side here, pun intended. <laughs> um, if you had to put some rigors to it, so what do you, if you had to say, these are the things that must include, or this is how often you must do it. The only there's no rule. There's no hard rule. Mm-mm. But if I had to say anything, like anybody that you're intimate with or you have a deep relationship with, it should probably be daily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, you're not going to go to Scripture and find oh. any, okay, pray morning, noon, and night. Now, you'll see folks who did that in the Bible. Yep. You won't find in the Bible where it says this is the requirement. What you do see is believers modeling Prayer, And I think that's important when you're reading the scriptures and you're reading David, you're reading about uh, one of the apostles or the disciples, and, and you, you should notice how their prayer life was a part yep. of their everyday life. Jesus yep. was an incredible model, right? He modeled to us. And you say, well, he was God in the flesh, correct? Sure he was, son of God. Yet he still communed with his father. Yep. And Jesus... You know, if you, I'm not, you know, I'm the older I get, the more of a morning person I've become. <laughs> I was not a morning person for a very long time. Now I'm a morning person, not by choice, just because I wake up and can't go back to sleep. Anyway, I guess I haven't grown up yet. <laughs> Still wait. Yeah, but you stay up till 4 a.m. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's part that, of your problem. That's trade off. Um, Jesus, the scripture shows the model he used. Yeah. Jesus got up early. He did. Every morning, Scripture says, and he would be found in an isolated place away from the crowd, communing with his Father. That's a beautiful model, but now we can't always do like that, right? Other passages, like Paul says, pray without ceasing. How do you do that, that. right? Yeah. But there, you know, so these these are good topics to talk about, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, you can't do that if you have to be isolated and eyes closed and I this is fun. You know, I've had people say, okay, do I, do I pray with my eyes open? Do I pray with my eyes closed? My head bowed, head up, hands up, hands, hands down. <laughs> you know, um, Scripture doesn't give any doesn't of those it. as requirements. We just need to see the model. And what are the principles? That's what you look at when you're seeing a model in Scripture. Okay, what is the common principle here? It is regular. It is daily. And uh, I'll just give you this little tidbit. My grandmother... When I was a teenager, I remember her telling me one day, she said, Chris, I learned what prayer without ceasing meant when her son, my uncle Bobby, was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. She said, I learned I could be on the phone having a conversation with someone about something totally different, but my heart was always crying out to God for his safety or you know, to watch over him. He said, that's when she learned you can pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean you can't go to work. You can't do your duties, but it's a state of the heart in conversation. So that's just a little tidbit there. It's kind of like an open line of God. Just open have line. it constantly open. And how cool is that, that we have an open line with the creator of the universe? Yep. We moved away from the old rotary phones where you used to have to go find it and pick it up <laughs> and bring it to yourself. Now, 
guy's even better than the cell phone because he's like right there. <laughs> Absolutely. And so we, I think we treat it more like the rotary though. We want to go find, find the, that spot Right. And like, you know, you just had the long cord with it, the little curly cue one. You can only go three foot if it's three foot. <laughs> exactly. Some people had those hundred footers at girls. Girls always had yeah. the hundred footers. They went to the bedroom. They went around the corners, closed the, the door room, on it. The kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, but you could, you could only, you were limited. And so you were. limited how you could do it, how you, you could communicate. You had uh, to be home. You had to be home. All these things yeah. had to happen. I think we treat prayer like this. We do sometimes. Like it's sure. some kind of, you know, this little this little specific thing for a specific place for a specific time when it is literally this is anytime, anywhere at, at any point and be constantly open for that communication Mm -hmm. and always listening. And the beautiful thing about what scripture teaches about God is, is he's always willing to listen. If you're willing to talk. Yep. It doesn't matter if you're at work um, and just crying out to the Lord in your heart or driving down the road you know, when I was a bivocational pastor or going to college, that drive became my best alone time with the Lord, right? Yep. But I was busy, and I got my eyes on the road. I couldn't close my eyes, right? Um, but I'm, I, I was driving. I was working. But it also became intimate times for me and the Lord to talk. And so, yeah, it's, it's just realizing he wants us to pray and that there's not a certain form or method to prayer it's a conversation we say there's not a form or a method necessarily but we do know that jesus gave a model prayer he did if you had to open that up a little bit what does that look like oh yeah the lord's prayer and and many of you probably have read the lord's prayer said the lord's prayer um you know sometimes i'll get asked to lead a congregational recitement of the lord's prayer at a wedding or at Mm -hmm. a funeral or something, and there's nothing wrong with that. We even have had folks who watch our online campus and have sent word in, "Hey, could we do an Our Father prayer online or something?" And nothing wrong with that. No. Um, but when the Jesus gave the Lord's prayer, he wasn't giving us something or the disciples something to simply memorize and recite. Because if you're not careful, you can just pray through the Lord's Prayer and it become meaningless to you. You're just saying words that you memorized. That's right. Jesus gave that as a template. Because they, what did they ask? Lord, teach us how to pray. He's given a model here. And so he starts out with, you know, therefore you should pray like this. This is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Our Father in heaven, your name is honored as holy your kingdom come. Now, if you memorize it in the King James or something. Hallowed. It's, yeah, it's, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just understand that's just using old English. It doesn't yep. make it more spiritual. Um, Whoa, Jesus didn't use that word. Sorry. No, he he, he actually used Aramaic and Greek. So. Aramaic. <laughs> and Hebrew. So here we go. Uh, but it, it what's the principle there? First of all, a beautiful way to start off in our prayer is simply to yep. acknowledge yep. that God is in heaven, that God is holy. We're, we are talking to the creator of the universe. Um, yeah, should you be able to come intimately? Sure, but not disrespectfully at the same time. All right. Acknowledge he is holy. He is our father in heaven that we want his will to be done, right? So that's the next piece of this prayer. It says, 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what we're praying about. We're supposed to pray about all things. Scripture gives us that guideline. Pray about all things. But Jesus here is very specific. As we listen, before we ever ask a thing, notice that it's in the model here. Before we ever ask a thing, we should say, Father, we want your ultimate will to be done. Because here's the deal do we trust God or not? That's the whole idea behind this part of the prayer. Do I trust God that He knows what He's doing? Is God sovereign enough in my heart? that I know he sees the end from the beginning. He's alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. Do I trust him? Even if the prayer doesn't go the way I want it to, if the answer doesn't come in the method I want. Jesus displayed that in another prayer where he said, not my will, but yours. And it was the moments before he, he was to be crucified. Absolutely. And he was anguished and he was prayer. He was sweating great drops of blood, right? He didn't want to go to the cross. In the flesh, but in his spirit, he knew that was the way to bring redemption. So what I'm going to do here is I wrote down five things. You don't know what Uh-oh, they are. Oh, come on yeah. now. And we're going to look at five things uh, that I believe prayer helps you with. And so you're going to talk about them as I say it. That's that. That's that's pretty good. Pretty good game. Do we want to do that? You want me to finish the Lord's prayer here? Real oh quick? yeah, of course you do. Okay. I didn't know so you were just, not done yet. Just real quick. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray His will to be, done, be done. Right. Yep. Then. After all that, after you acknowledge your God is holy, after you ask for his will, ultimately his sovereign will to be done, then, notice this, mm-hmm. then Jesus says, and pray, give us today our daily bread. That's right. Now we start asking. So here's something that I think all of us have probably done to God at some point. Our prayer went into something like this. God, here's what I need right now. God, I need this. God, I want you to move here. God, I want you to do this. Amen. And we just kind of miss some things that should be respectfully placed in there. Acknowledging our God is a holy God. Mm. That needs to be done in our own heart, by the way. Wanting his will to be done, that'll help line our heart with his. Then ask what you have need of. Then pray about your needs. And then he says, I love this. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us, or forgive our transgressions as we forgive those who've transgressed us. Either way, however you want to say it. What is the principle? Mm. Then we ask for forgiveness because none of us are perfect. That's right. And we need to keep our hearts clean, and we ask God to forgive us of our sin. But not only our sins be forgiven, I love what Jesus does here. He reminds us that we're also supposed to forgive others. That's right. If we're going to look like him, and we're going to ask God to forgive us for our faults, we better be willing to look enough like God to forgive someone else for their faults against us. Mm. That's not easy. No, nope. But what if Jesus did that to remind us of just how big of a deal it is for God to forgive our sins? Mm. And he chooses to. And then the last piece here says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yep. Now we're praying for protection. We're praying for God's guidance. We're praying for God to lead us. So all the things that we want to ask God for anyway, they're all included. But here's a beautiful model that Jesus gave. All right, what's your five questions? Since I rudely jumped on top of his, his <laughs> I, Lord's Supper. Yeah, I, you know, I had to get the preacher out in me. You did. That's my fault. Yeah, uh, I know this. I know the prayer. I just cut right in the middle of it. This is, <laughs> these are real simple, but I just want you to expand upon them. You just wanted them. to hurry and get to these questions. I that's, know you. That's what it is. Right. Want to catch me Prayer gives us an opportunity to share all aspects of our life with God. 
Uh, or you you want like true and false? No, just expand <laughs> upon it. So literally, when you pray with God, like he, it's like he's he's interested in every little detail of your life. Yeah, absolutely. When you go to Scripture, he wants to know everything about you. Here's what I love. All right, if you want to know about prayer, read the Psalms. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Read the Psalms. Jesus read the Psalms. The disciples read the Psalms. They knew the Psalms. Yep. What do you have in the Psalms? Not all of them are written by David. We always give them all to David, but David didn't write them all, but he wrote many of them. Yep. He Others wrote too. He would bear his soul. That's it. That's the power. Yeah. The Bible says of David, and we know David wasn't perfect, and a lot of people have struggles with this, but the Bible does call him the man after God's own heart. Didn't mean he was perfect, but you know what David knew every time he sinned or every time he messed up or failed? He knew where to go. I believe that's what God is saying. That's after my heart. He knew to repent. Yep. And he cried out to God. He was very emotionally connected. He was very intimate. up whiny. (laughs) Yeah, he was. But when you read the Psalms, that's what people need to know yep. is David cried out about everything. Yep. Very it didn't matter what was going on. God, they're talking about me. God, I don't know what to do with this issue. God, where are you? I'm depressed today. He prayed about it all. Yep. But how many of the Psalms do you notice after he cries out, then he always comes back and says, yep. but I know you're my rock. I know you're my refuge. I know you're my shepherd. He also came back to his faith in it. So cry out, but then come back and realize God's in control. Which is the second one. Uh-oh. So prayer gives yeah, us I jumped ahead. gives us a chance to express gratitude for the things God has done for us. Yeah. Again, the Psalms is the model, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, in fact, <clears throat> when you read the uh, when you read about the Last Supper with the disciples, mm-hmm. now think about this for a moment. Jesus knows Judas just left to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. The disciples are all around the table. Jesus says, this will be the last Passover meal I eat with you until Mm -hmm. I eat it with you again in the kingdom of God. Talking about the marriage supper of the lamb, heaven. All right. Jesus knows he's going to be suffering and dying in a few hours. Yep. That dude's his Jesus's heart was heavy. We know that because when he goes to the garden and prays, as we mentioned a moment ago, he's in anguish. Yep. Can you imagine how much anguish he was in just at the table trying to enjoy the meal? Right. But when you look at a Passover meal in in the Jewish culture, mm-hmm. there's actually four cups of wine, not just one, like we do in most Protestant communions. There was four, and the fourth cup was the cup of Hillel, which means the cup of praise. And they would have sang Psalms 113 through 118, and specifically Psalm 118. That's right. And so here is this moment, even when his heart was heavy, even looking at the shadow of the cross in front of him, but Jesus finished that meal with his disciples and began to worship and to give gratitude. Because when you read those Psalms, it's all about God, and it's giving him gratitude. And he gave gratitude back to the Father. That tells me it doesn't matter what I'm going through. That's right. At the end of my prayer, I need to acknowledge my holy God. He is awesome. His will is going to be done, and I can trust him. And that says 
give him the gratitude he deserves. Another thing daily prayer will help you with, or it is for, is confession of sin. Hmm. But not just confession of sin, but also also asking help how to overcome that oh, sin. Oh, that's so big. Yep. That's huge. How many of us, and, I, and I'm sure the, some of you watch in the same way. I know, I know we are this way. I don't think there's any believer or follower of Jesus that doesn't struggle with this sometimes. We all have an area that we're more tempted in than we are some others. Mm. And it's different for everyone, right? We all have our weak spots. How many times have we caught ourselves going to God and asking forgiveness for the same sin over and over and over again? And what does the devil love to do? He loves to get in your mind and say, God's not going to forgive it this time. You've done this like 10,000 times and he's tired of hearing you. And you know, he starts making you doubt, right? And I think in our prayers, what we forget sometimes is repentance isn't just saying, I'm sorry. Repentance means I'm going to change my direction. So instead of just always, and this is something that, you know, God's worked on me over the years and, and getting in scriptures and seeing it in scripture, it is very vital that we understand I'm at, I, it's, yes, confess our sins and ask God to forgive us. Yes, right. absolutely. And we will be cleansed. But we also need to add to that prayer, let the Holy Spirit teach us not to continue committing that yeah. sin. Teach us the beauty of repentance. Teach us how to put up boundaries. Uh, guide us, convict us. And you know, here's something, no one, none of us wants to pray, but we ought to pray according to Hebrews chapter 12. We should pray for the Holy Spirit and tell him, I give you permission mm, yep. to, to discipline me when I sin. Don't let me get by with sin. Mm. Because sin will take over if you let it. Right. And Hebrews 12 says, God disciplines his children that he loves when they sin. Give me clean hands and a pure heart. Oh, yeah. That's another psalm, bro. Yep. Yeah. Crying out. Give yep. me clean hands and pure heart. That's repentance. Yep. Yeah, clean your hands. That's the repentance mm-hmm. part. And then the pure heart is the Holy Spirit basically putting in you the inability inability mm-hmm. to, to do that sin again. Absolutely. Yeah, our goal should always be not only to ask for forgiveness, but then, then to ask for transformation. That's right. Give me clean hands and a pure heart because we don't want to continue going that way. Um, prayer is a form of worship and obedience. Mm. Yeah. I mean, again, and, and I don't know. Have, have you noticed that these five questions are following the Lord's prayer much, that we just yeah, got through talking yeah, about? Right. Much, you see the model? Much, it's right here in scripture. Following it. Yep. How does Jesus start and end the Lord's prayer? Both of us in worship. Yep. How should we start our time with the father? He is holy. We are not. We're saved by grace, not of our works. We should never come before his presence and not be able to say, thank you, Father, for being so good to me. We should give him his praise, right? Um, But it's not just praise. It's also obedience. Because if we're going to grow deeper in, in intimacy with the Father, you cannot grow intimate with someone you won't talk to. Right. And at the same time of prayer, listen, this I think this is huge. If one person does all the talking, it's really not a conversation anymore. And how many times in our prayers is it we do all the talking and then we say amen and we never pause? This is a beautiful discipline that I would encourage everyone to really work on. Uh, I need to work harder on it. 
we all do, and that is in our times of prayer, especially those alone times, maybe not while you're driving, but in those alone times, ask the Holy Spirit to talk back and then be silent. Got to listen. Have some solitude. Yep. I don't think Jesus did all the talking in those early morning prayer meetings with the Father. In fact, I know he didn't because in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus had been staying in Peter's house in Capernaum, most likely. We know that the whole city came out to be healed by Jesus. Jesus did an all-day prayer service. The next morning, they were looking for him because people had already showed back up for the prayer service, and they couldn't find Jesus. Peter finds Jesus and says, what are you doing here? He was praying. Yep, I love that. And then Jesus says, it's time to leave because the Father sent me to preach. Now, when I look at that, I'm like, he had a whole house full of people still waiting to be healed. He did. They got disappointed when Jesus didn't show back up, right? How did he know it was time to go to the next city to preach the gospel? He had to have been listening while he was praying because he said the Father is sending us there. So he listened. So, yeah, we, we need to incorporate some listening to our praying. And finally, daily prayer is a way to acknowledge is going to follow your model. To, <laughs> to model that. <laughs> Not my model. It's Jesus' Daily model. prayer is a way works. to acknowledge who is actually in control of our lives. Absolutely. The more we pray, I believe this. I believe this with all my heart. Grab a hold of this. The more we pray, the more confidence we live life with. Yep. Even if we're like, yeah, but I still got all these problems or this prayer didn't get answered this way. The more we pray, the more we spend time with the Father, the more we truly surrender and acknowledge his will and his glory, the more confidence it gives us. Because even when it doesn't maybe turn out the way we want, we know he was still in control. Well, this God, God's will is still being done. How, comf- how much comfort can we get as children of God if we know our Father is still in control and he's got it all worked out and we're in daily conversations with him. He knows where we are. He knows what we're going through and we're hearing his voice. I'm telling you, you get to live with much more faith and much more confidence if you're spending time with the Father. It's interesting you say that. This is not one of those five. I'll get rid of that. Oh, man. The, uh, but I think we were created to have that kind of is conversation. Is this a bonus? It is. Okay. Because you can look back into Genesis whenever, after God made Adam. What the Bible say? He was walking and talking yes. with Adam through the garden, yeah. right? I mean, that's that, that was what he they wanted. communicating exactly. together. I think that is, the, that is what we're supposed to be. That's what we were designed for, is to have this open dialogue, one-on-one conversation in the dew of the day, at the midday, mm, at the fall it. of the sun, all those times. And in fact, I think I really believe this too, just like Adam, whenever he kind of, when he did stray away, who was looking for him? Mm-hmm. God was like, Adam, where you at, bro? And, and what, he had a conversation with him. Yep, he did. Yeah. Why are you over there? <laughs> and why are you hiding in the leaves? <laughs> Who told you you were naked? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the funny things. I love that. Ever. <laughs> Who told you you were naked? Like, well, that's Lord. prayer. <laughs> it was. It 100% was prayer. And of course, we know the enemy tried to blow it all up. Mm-hmm. And eventually, God cut us off from that 
from that utopian state right. and then the sin process begins. And I think what the sin process did, just like what the, what the serpent did with Adam is it tried to put a wedge between yeah, God and, and his, and his creation absolutely. and his people. Absolutely. And so that's the secret. You got to break down that wedge. Got to break it down. And you break down that wedge, you have an open communication with the father. If you have open communication with the father, guess what? He'll walk with you. He'll talk mm-hmm. to you with mm-hmm. you and he'll be with you for the rest of your days. Right. And man, it is nothing like living a life full of prayer or living a life on point. And we'll see you guys all next time.